So what's the big surprise, Bob? Why are we on this airplane? Well, you know how we want to get more music by more artists to more people to hear? Yeah? I've rigged this plane up with a loudspeaker. I figured we'll just buzz every neighborhood we can reach and play as much music as possible. Are you kidding? I have, look, I have a much better idea. What do you mean? What, what's that? Just donate to the public radio station of your choice. When you do that, it helps make the All Songs Considered podcast possible. We're all part of a big public radio family, and listener support helps ensure All Songs Considered keeps sharing more music by more artists from all over the globe. Just go to donate.npr.org music to get started. Donate.npr.org music? Yep, donate.npr.org music. There you can make a donation to the public radio station of your choice. You support the station, that supports the public radio family, which supports all songs considered. Well, I'm going to say that over the loudspeaker. Donate.npr.org music. Now land this plane. Um, let's see, what is... This lever did. For NPR Music, it's all songs considered, and it's Vikings Choice 2021. And here is our chief Viking, Lars Godridge, to take us to some wonderful and weird and all sorts of things. Who are we listening to, Lars? This is Marbo from Lima, Peru. Uh, their album, A Quien Le Ecamos La Culpa, which means, who do we blame? <laughs> so just a touch more. I just stumbled upon these folks. I'm pretty sure I found out about Morbo from at least a couple places. So there's a great writer named Zachary Lippes, uh, whose work I follow. He has a great newsletter called Abundant Living. He turned me on to Morbo and then uh, Sorry State Records in uh, North Carolina. Uh, they have a weekly newsletter that I follow pretty rigorously for, for punk and hardcore and they were also singing their praises, and Marbo is just like, you heard it, it's just like, it's like raw, it's gritty, it's fast, it's fun. They take from early UK punk to, to like, uh, South American hardcore, they throw in a little bit of a, like, 60s garage rock and power pop, and it's just like one big summer party, and all the songs are, from what I understand, my, my Spanish is pretty unlimited. So I, I asked, actually asked my father-in-law to translate a few songs for me. Basically about drinking and debauchery. and <laughs> <laughs> But also kind of like they're a band that's been around for 20 years. So they, they also recognize that they can't drink and debauch all the time. So there's a little bit of that too. So what are we in store for in this Viking Stories? Bob, I was thinking a lot about how I interacted with and listened to music this year. And, you know, I, I'm still in my home office two plus years later. I have a shared uh, space with, with my family. My wife, my daughter, and my father-in-law were all in this house together. And so in the common era, you know, there's there's a music, you know, there's a turntable and all that stuff. But 
they don't always want to hear the, the loud noise stuff that I want to play. <laughs> Which is fair, it's their space too. So at the beginning of the year, I, I, I was missing playing some of the weird no, noisy stuff, like out loud and not on a pair of headphones in my office. So I brought up a very trusty tape player up to my desk. Uh, is a Tandberg M2599LL. <laughs> We're talking cassette here. Yes, yes. We're talking cassette. It's, it's a big tank of a machine. Uh, originally belonged to my wife Katie's old office. It's meant to be an educational equipment, but I'm using it just to play tapes. And so here I am in this office all year long. And when, when I get the hankering to get outside of stuff that I put into to my iTunes or stuff that I'm getting off Bandcamp and just want to get away from digital for a moment, I put in a tape, uh, hit, get a nice, uh, satisfying kerchunk out of the, the tape <laughs> machine because it's very old, and then hit play, and it's just open-air music. Well, kerchunk me something good. <laughs> kerchunk me something good. Uh, next up, I'm going to play uh, uh, a band from Dallas that I've known for a while, but they kind of threw me for a loop this year, uh, called Kara Nair. They put out a record called Phase Out, kind of near the beginning of the year. And it's a concept album, Bob. It's a concept. They were like a very serious black metal band when I first knew them a decade ago. And I guess over time, they realized, why are we taking ourselves so seriously? Um, <laughs> and they decided, but they, they, they recognized that within black metal and punk, that there are stories to tell. So they decided to write... Basically, I'll read the, the little thing that came with the album. This album is about us being warped into an 8-bit video game dimension by a sinister alien entity. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll play, we'll, let's hit play on that cassette. Yes, this is Damnation. You all can't see Bob Boylan's face as we're playing this, but he looks so perplexed. I think they're saying stuck inside a dungeon something or other? <laughs> Level two? or it, uh, Do you have any? <laughs> so there are, they, they did actually write a, a video game that you can play 
So uh, hearing the words level two is not like outrage. Is that maybe what they said? Yeah, I think so. Maybe, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> I, you know, Bob, I actually haven't played the, the, the video game that eventually came out from this, but uh, my, my intention to stand for video games is a little more than just, usually it's just using the Bloom app by Brian Eno on my phone. That's about it. <laughs> That's as about as much as yeah. I can do uh, with a video game. But it's very silly. They, they came up with a whole concept. They, the album has an entire look. They got a couple videos that are very neat looking. It's all 8-bit. They include chiptune music within what you're hearing. It, it's all over the place, but in a way that I find extremely nerdy and satisfying. And this sounded like there were two people. Am I right about that? There, yeah, it's a duo. And they're from uh, are they Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Cool. Kara Neer. That's C A R A N E I R. Did I say that right? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Bob, I, I have to tell you, there are so many names I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing on this show. <laughs> okay. Well, we can all enjoy having the same hard time by going to the webpage and you can read them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we keeping the energy going, Lars? We're going to get a little more chill, Bob. Oh. Okay. I'm going to get a little trippy, maybe. Why don't we go ahead and just hit play on uh, this track called Chroma by Felintu. Kind of dubby. R.I.P. the Scratch Berry. I want to know a little more and then I'll play a little more. This is Felinto. The, the name of the album is Futuro Enchigo Perpetu. Uh, it's a, this is a producer from Sao Paulo, Brazil. And uh, he's got members of uh, a lot of great Brazilian post-punk bands like Def Kids and Hakta um, performing live percussion and doing vocals here and there on some tracks. And I, to kind of like keep going with the, the chiptune theme, this is like uh, chip, to, chip dub. Uh, if, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna name something, it's like it's very digital. It's very uh, it's very now, but it also like it is also reaches back into the past. Of and I think about like this is the early Scratch Perry died, and so thinking about that legacy of like putting ancient sounds into the future. That's what this sounds like, and he's and Filinto uh, is bringing uh, a little bit of noise and a little bit of uh, psychedelic, tropical psychedelia to this dub music. And I just, I just want to sip a nice little drink while listening. Let's do that.
I'd say listening to this with a, a youngster. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the, my, my, my daughter, uh, she loves uh, just grabbing the little cassette tapes from me and picking out stuff based on the color of the, the actual cassette itself. <laughs> so if something's orange, she's like, yeah, I, I want to listen to that. Or if it's got a red, you know, it's like, yeah, I've been want to listen to that. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I cho- I, the reason why I chose to do cassettes this year is not only because... Uh, this is what I could have like physical interaction with this year uh, up in my office when I when I really needed something tactile when it came to music. But also just because I really like sharing music that way. I still like making and receiving mixtapes from friends. I still I, I love like pulling out the artwork for the, the J card from the cassette itself and seeing how artwork is transformed into this smaller, more compact space. Uh, you can fit it in your pocket. It's cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love this. So is everything we're playing available on cassette? Everything we're playing has been released on cassette this year. Yes, uh, there might be a couple. Might be a couple of things that maybe have sold out at some point, but you can still find digital versions of these albums on Bandcamp. That's fabulous. So where to? We're gonna go to uh, New York via Boston. Lindy Eisenberg uh, is a guitarist that I've been I've been following for a little while now, and they. Uh, they released a lot of music this year. <laughs> they released a, a solo guitar record that was really nice on a label called Garden Portal. They did a uh, an instrumental record. They did some collaborations with some free jazz musicians as well. This one that I'm gonna, I want to talk about today comes from an album called Bent Ring. Um, they wanted to challenge... Uh, the, the thing I always appreciate about Wendy is that they really challenge themselves philosophically, musically, instrumentally, uh, in everything they do. And when they zero in on an idea, they twist it upside down, they turn it sideways, they go every which way to discover the different nuances of that idea or that instrument. So on Bent Ring, they decided to play an instrument they didn't know how to play. (laughs) It's not a guitar, it's a banjo. Uh, and so all the songs that they wrote for this album are based around the banjo. Uh, what do you want to hear? This is a song called Don't Move. So dead. 
did you find listening to music this year, and I, I'm hearing it for me in, in this uh, song, that people, because of the pandemic, because of their alone time, uh, reflecting or playing music in different ways, is there any theme at all that you feel runs through anything that you're hearing this year? That's certainly a case with Wendy, I think. Um, a, a large reason why they wrote the, the album Bent Ring was because they were frustrated that they had so much music, including a, a great rock record by their band called Editrix that came out earlier this year as well, uh, that they couldn't play on, couldn't tour on. And so, yeah, there's this idea. So, and this album is actually pretty meta because it's literally about that idea. It's about having to conform and transform yourself into whatever it is we're doing right now. <laughs> it's this unknowable thing that uh, we don't know how it's going to evolve and change. And I don't know, some some people have just kind of kept doing what they're doing. There are still lots of like new hardcore bands forming. They're mostly just, you know, putting out their demos on Bandcamp and stuff and maybe playing shows. But for the most part, I think people just miss making music. And some folks are just like doing the thing that they've always done. But in the case of Wendy, and I, I think that we'll hear with a, a few of the other albums that I've picked out today, that they're thinking with a very sensitive interiority about like what it means to be an artist right now. In fact, uh, yeah, the, the very next album that we're going to talk about is basically about that. Uh, let's do it. Let's go there. The next artist is uh, goes under the name Lucy Liu. And yes, it is uh, in part a, a tribute to the actor Lucy Liu, but this person spells the, the artist's name differently. <laughs> it's spelled Lucy like Lucy and Liu like L-I-Y-O-U. They put out uh, an album. They put out a lot of music this year, but the, the one that I wanted to talk about was uh, a very personal, strange, and beautiful record called Practice. And uh, why don't we listen to uh, the, the song Uncle? Precise theological scholar. A manuscript waits to be finished while your family waits for an apology. First son. Forged with your wife's ambitious signature. Was my mom screaming not enough? Is she doing text to speech? Yeah, she's. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. Well, the interesting thing about this album, Bob, uh, Lucy Liu is, uh, is a classically trained pianist based in Philly and um, played in competitions uh, growing up. I then kind of discovered uh, 
want to discover their own voice, <laughs> speaking of voices, discover their own voice uh, through uh, electronics and man manipulation and sense and MIDI software. And um, this album comes from a place of real grief and frustration. Uh, uh, her grandmother was dying, suddenly dying, of a disease that nobody knew what it was from in Korea. And the text-to-speech that you're hearing come from actual conversations that they had with their family. It's not a script. These were actual conversations, that, like hard, difficult conversations that they that were overheard, that the artist uh, said themselves. And it's, it's a wild disconnect. It's a wild distance uh, to basically have this one voice represent all these different voices in this text-to-speech. It's not meant to be like, oh, this is a robot saying these things. It's like Lucy and Lou had to sonically distance themselves from the, the pain that they were going through through this time. And this was happening during the pandemic. So there's that added layer to it of uh, like this distance. This distance and isolation and not really knowing what the outcome is going to be. From what I understand, the grandmother's uh, recovering at this point, but I was so struck by this album. It came out earlier this year, and I would turn it over again and again in my head, not really knowing what to make of it. And I sometimes, and that's often like the mark of like something that means I want to spend more time with it, and it's going to stick with me. That's Lucy Liu. That's how they say the name, L-I-Y-O-U. One of the things that largely you're doing here and, and is playing lots of music you discover on Bandcamp, and one of the things that I think is really important for uh, these artists in these times when they're not able to get out into the world is for people to be able to support them. And Bandcamp is so such a beautiful platform for that. If you like love any of these things, giving a few bucks to these artists to buy their music rather than streaming it is invaluable to these people. And, you know, certainly th this year, Bandcamp continued its Bandcamp Friday promotion. Is that the right word? <laughs> Bandcamp basically waived its revenue fees on the first Friday of every month. Uh, so basically, the artists and the labels got to pocket all the extra dollar or 30 cents or whatever that Norma would go to Bandcamp. I don't know if that's continuing in 2022. Uh, I think maybe the landscape has changed a little bit, but I think Bandcamp is also like changing itself uh, in the way that they want to promote artists, but I think that is still going to be at their core. But the thing that I've always kind of said is that you can always toss in an extra dollar or two. Yeah, there you <laughs> and go. It'll, and it'll even out. Right. I love it. It's such a great platform for both discovery, uh, as you point out, and then also just in a way to have direct contact with the artists and for them to, I don't know, there's, there's a beautiful feeling as an artist when someone hears what they love and you, uh, as the listener, can give and they feel a little love. I mean, in this time of isolation. I mean, and in such a disconnected time, it is a way that you can can literally be connected to the music that you love and you listen to. It's awesome. Neo Geodesia. Did I say that right? Is I that think so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this kind of plays off the the theme from uh, Lucy Liu a bit. Neo Geodesia is uh, Safi Vong 
who is born to Cambodian parents as they fled the Khmer Rouge and was raised in France in the punk and hardcore scene, uh, is currently based in London. I think I got that order of events correctly. And he started this label called ChinaBot that I have loved all year. And ChinaBot's primary purpose is to give voice and space to uh, experimental musicians from the Asian diaspora. This is his own uh, personal work. Uh, it's a record called 2562 Neon Flames. It is also a record about death and loss and grief, but done in a way that is celebratory in the way that you can feel euphoria in grief sometimes, uh, or at least the way that you surround yourself. And you hear that in the music itself. So I, I want to play a little bit of a, of a track called Fanta Rouge. <laughs> not listening to this on headphones um <laughs> pull your car over put on your headphones or whatever you're doing or go back and listen to it that way it's a funny experience uh right now. man what a what a euphoric sound collage that is yeah <laughs> and mean, it's i think that was the way that uh he intended it as is a kind of like a a walk through a few days of his life going back to cambodia discovering that his mother had had already died. That was the reason why he was going back to Cambodia. And so it's it's kind of like this soundscape of him walking through the city. So you, you get like, you get Cambodian folk song, you get like, you get club and rave music, you get, <laughs> you get a like karaoke sounds, you, you get like what sound like uh, gambling machines, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's all mixed in there. That's great. This is so much fun. This is a treat for my ears. It's also kind of a, uh, this whole Vikings choice, and we do this at the end of every year, is also just a way for all of us to think about opening up a little more, jumping out of our boxes, hopping into other people's boxes, and 
and listen to music that you wouldn't otherwise. Let's take a break, Lars. We got uh, four or five more tunes to go and uh, more new worlds to uh, discover. I'm Bob Boylan. You're listening to All Songs Considered from NPR Music. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp, the online counseling service dedicated to connecting you with a licensed counselor to help you overcome whatever stands in the way of your happiness. Fill out a questionnaire and get matched with a professional tailored to your needs. And if you aren't satisfied with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time free of charge. Visit BetterHelp.com songs to get 10% off your first month. Get the help you deserve with BetterHelp. It's All Songs Considered. I'm Bob Boylan. I'm here, well, sort of here, with Lars Gottridge, who's visibly on my screen not too many miles away from me, and I miss being in an office with you, Lars. Yeah, you can bring me bagels anytime you want. (laughs) Oh, that's a great idea. What are you doing Sunday? I'm actually driving. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll find a time uh, to... uh, to do something great. But one of the reasons, the thing I've been doing with my bagels in the last few Sundays is I'm playing in a uh, freeform band with a bagpiper, myself as a, as a you know, my ARP synthesizer, a uh, electric horn player, and uh, yesterday with two marimba players, Sunday with two marimba players in a garage. And it's just been such a treat. So that's why you haven't seen any bagels lately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very curious about this band. <laughs> well, you should come join us. As the rule goes, there's no wrong notes. And that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. With a bagpipe and an ARP. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing Viking Choice. We're playing uh, the music of the, uh, the things that are probably not in your normal circle of music, but is in Lars Gottrich's musical circle and he's turning me on hopefully you onto something that is different and new and what do you got you certainly won't find any of this stuff on uh, our top 50 albums or top 100 songs of the year but i like that stuff too so <laughs> this is just me digging even deeper we're happy about that i'm happy about that uh the next group is kind of a a, a fun little mishmash, and I, I have a feeling, Bob, you, you're really going to like this band. They're called, let's see if I can do my French correctly, Mahoudou, uh which basically is French for Marauder, uh, and they're, they came, and the, the album is called Puissance Cat. They're a group based in Leipzig, and they sing in German and in English and in French. They're touchstones that will be probably familiar to anybody who spends any time listening to post-punk are like Bush Tetras and Kleenex and Devo. It's kind of all smashed together, but I like the way that they put it together, if that makes sense. What are we going to hear? This is the track called TWYYWS. I see your emotion. It's in your 
Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I, do I, I know you or do I know you, Bob? <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> um, I would have seen that in a, in a New York club in 1978 or 9 easily, yeah. Well, the thing that I like about... It's, that's my terrible French accent. The thing I like most about this band is that... It, in kind of like the, the post-punk revival of the last, like, let's say the last 10, 15 years, there are like signifiers of like what post-punk is supposed to sound like, like jagged guitars and like really clippy drums and things like that. And I hear a lot of these bands and I'm like, yeah, that sounds nice, but I'd rather listen to ESG or, you know, something that like, I, I, I hate being dismissive like that, but sometimes that's just what a lot of these revival bands make me want to do with Morado, it, it feels different it does the thing that post-punk what i feel like the intention and you can correct me on this i'm wrong but the intention of post-punk was supposed to be was a true deconstruction of what punk and rock music could be and the way that Morado puts these songs and arrangements together are so strange they feel like they're beaming them from outer space because the way that like the, the synthesizer and the bass and the drums, they don't work together, but they work together, if that uh, makes sense. <laughs> right. Well, and, and in that case, I think it's the, the bass little da 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 It's just holding it. All these things, I just threw my hands up in the air. All these things that are flying <laughs> in the air, it's gluing them uh, all, all together. Uh, it doesn't need much structure at all, just a tiny bit of structure to, to hold it together. And, and at any moment, it could all fall apart. I'm I'm in with it. I also think the recording of this is quite uh, peculiar. Um, it's like both crisp and muddy at the same time, if that's possible. <laughs> like, cause the guitar, like the yeah. guitar is really bare, is buried most mostly throughout the album. Like you could, it's very bass and drum forward, and then all of a sudden the synths like just blast you. Yeah. you know. <laughs> that's awesome. And the name of the record is uh, Puissance Cat. And it means power four, roughly. I think the number four. Yeah, yeah, the number four. <laughs> okay. That's by that's by Marade. So we were in uh, Switzerland via Germany and France, uh, and now we're going to Quebec, staying French, uh, <laughs> with Mir Miriam Gendre. She put an album called uh, Madelia, Songs of Love, Lost, and Found. Uh, she put out an album about seven years ago, and it was a collection of Dorothy Parker poems that she set to mm. music. And it was absolutely stunning, like jaw-droppingly great, like a voice that will both soothe and aches at the same time, you know? On that album, it was mostly just her and an acoustic guitar, 
and room noise. And that was about it, but that was all you needed. And this new record, you know, she she took a long break between albums and it was there's a certain subset of like underground music freaks who normally listen to caustic, obnoxious sound. But every now and again, we'll attach ourselves to a singer-songwriter and be like, she's one of ours, <laughs> or they're one <laughs> of ours, you know? <laughs> and like, Miriam is one of ours, but it's, it's one of those singer-songwriters that I think more people should be listening to. The song that I, I picked out is called uh, C'est dans les vieux pays, which uh, translates to uh, It's in the Old Countries. It's a longer song, so we won't play the whole thing, but I definitely want you to get to the voice. To get to that voice, I'm going to move in a little, about 40 seconds into this cut, Lars. Here you go. Your tone of her voice and that distorted guitar are, is heaven, Lars. <laughs> that is. Miriam Chandron is just, she's just got that voice. And it's it's the kind of thing that you can, it's sepia toned, it feels old and withered, but it also feels incredibly present and intimate. And the way she, so typically uh, for this record and on, on uh, past records, she uh, interprets traditional songs. Uh, there are some originals on this record, um, but mostly she sticks to um, both English and French uh, folk songs. And I, I, I reached out to Miriam um, and to ask her because I was like, I'm not familiar with the song. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? And uh, she says, traditional Quebecois song. Uh, and she heard it in a field recording sung by a very old man. <laughs> this is what she says. And uh, she she says that, quote, it's a love song, a man talking about want to quit everything and travel to New France to be with the woman he loves. It talks about how devastating love can be. And then she quotes a lyric, uh, love makes more of a bloodbath than a thousand wolves in a flock. Whoa. 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 A. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> and quote, but it also says that it's worth it and that even as we're getting old, we still have things to live fully. And, 
she she often changes she will often change lyrics just to tweak to her voice and to her cadence um but the the thing i think about especially somebody like miriam is that when you sing these traditional songs and you warp them in your own voice and in your own particular style of playing that you're a time traveler that you are you are transforming time and you are changing time and you are bringing things that feel old to the present and presenting them as something that always was and always has been and this is this is the magic of Miriam to me she has this ability to transform the old into something that feels like something we should be knowing now well, I, I imagine her as a 70 or 80 year old woman and this young person walks in her door and hears it and then starts to play her music as she found it from that old man and it <laughs> continues and continues let's hear just the end of this And at the very end of that song, I, I should mention that's Bill Nace uh, with that really scrappy, f- fritzed out guitar solo. <laughs> Love it. Wow. Well, we could stop there, but why do that? <laughs> we got a couple more, Bob. Come on. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm in love with that. Now we're gonna we're gonna bring it back to the club. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> a name I can pronounce, maybe? Yes, this is Bacon Grease. <laughs> oh, I can say Bacon Grease. <laughs> bacon Which grease. is probably oh. one of my favorite <laughs> artist names that I've heard in, in quite a long time. <laughs> That's hilarious. Bacon Grease, the name of this tape is The Slow Burn, and Bacon Grease is one person uh, from Orlando named Andrea Knight. And when I first heard it, I, I had a hard time. It, 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 again, like when I listened to the Lucy Lou tape, I had a hard time uh, figuring out exactly what was going on. Because the thing that Bacon Grease does is extremely minimal and noisy and kind of ducks into the weirder corners of electronic dance music, but injects it with a real punk aesthetic without being punk at all. Kind of reminds me of Suicide, the band, the duo from the 80s. I imagine, Bob, you're going to want to like uh, do your little thing where you take the little scrubber and uh, go in every now and again because this is an eight-minute okay. track. Let's, let's, let's hear the beginning. This is What Do You Know? This is a technical term, Rolar is scooching ahead. Scooching, thank you. Yeah. 
voice switching. So it's drum machines and, and electronics and making Grease's voice. Yep, that's about it. <laughs> what do you know? And did you say where uh, Bacon Grease is from? From Orlando, Florida, which is not okay. something I, I expected, to be honest. But maybe Orlando, Florida has a noise scene that is thriving in, in these times. <laughs> awesome. So the very last song, All Songs Considered, plays in 2021. <laughs> is your choice, my friend. Wow, I have that, that honor. Wow. You do. <laughs> That's so, exciting. What are you going to take us out on the new on the old year? So this is a, a Zenus. The n- name of this band is Zenus. They are kind of a mystery to me, actually. From what I can tell, it is a three-piece band, but sometimes I only see one person credited. And I, I believe the reason that they are mysterious is because in their uh, home country of Tunisia, there's a lot of uh, censorship of artists happening in that country. And Zenus is uh, extremely outspoken uh, against corrupt government officials and different practices that have come up since the Tunisian revolution about a decade ago, which uh, in part inspired Arab Spring. And as serious as I'm making Zenus sound and that the lyrics are, they do deal with a lot of like sociopolitical issues that deal with them, especially with the Black North Africans. Their music is really fun. (laughs) And it does something to me that I have really appreciated as a a metalhead listener in the last few years, that it's challenged my preconceptions of the kind of metal that I like. So... In the late 90s, when I was growing up, new metal was extremely popular. So like your corn and Slipknot and things like that. Mm-hmm. Music I did not like. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I still don't particularly like corn and Slipknot, but now that I'm a little older, I can see why they were important to the development of the metal scene. But then here comes this band, Zenus, who is clearly inspired by that age of metal and uh, really leans heavy into grooves and riffs that may seem stupid on their face, <laughs> but the arrangements and the way that they um, weave in North African percussion and North African melodies into like these really gruff metal and hardcore songs is like really quite impressive. I think they finally like hit their stride. This is their third album. It's called Zenus Nan 3. And Zenus means it's it's kind of a slang term for people who are unwanted or outside the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I'm impressed by the way that they're able to bring in all these different aspects of their culture and their music into these songs that are really heavy and really fun, but deliver a very strong and pointed message at uh, people that don't want to hear from them. So what if I hit this music? Oh, yeah. Well, let's go out on this, Lars. You're going to put a playlist... uh, so what, with all the names and everything on the All Songs Considered site, right? Put everything up there, and um, 
and because I can, I'm going to plug uh, my own newsletter, uh, vikingschoice.org. Uh, haven't kept up with it in the last few months because I've been too busy, but I will be putting up a, a, a silly, my personal year-end list on that newsletter, um, hopefully by the end of the year, but maybe by 2022. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And this song is called? El Manciet. By Zanus. Thank you, Lars. Happy New Year. Thanks, Bob. Happy New Year. Always a pleasure to be on the show. Indeed. Let's crank it. <laughs>